This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. To the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronics Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. He'll probably be doing this, probably forever. Fellas want to stop him, they'll probably come together. Is it probable they'll stop him? Probably never. He's your host, IC Robot. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it is going to get so much less weak. We got we got a ton of fun stuff ahead of us. We, we're going to start off with a new game from Iceberg. Let me see if I can find it on the drive. Uh, hit it. <laughs> In the early 2000s, a new movement in hip-hop began to emerge in the Bay Area. People were getting hyphy. Yo, Iceberg, hit the ones and twos. Some of those words mean at NBCBayArea.com. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. Rock and roll could never hip hop like this. Thank you, Iceberg. Thank you, MC Kate makes the mic disintegrate. That's another wacky one from DJ Iceberg. Me and him was watching this show called uh, what was it called? Bay Area Revelations. I cannot recall. It was it was a wacky documentary about Bay Area hip hop, and they they took it back all the way to the days of Too Short and stuff. They they interviewed Todd Shaw, Too Short himself, and the. The entire thing was narrated by Peter Coyote, who you may know from any number of movies. Peter Coyote lives, he lives in the next town over from Santa Rosa up there on the Earth base. The The town is called Sebastopol. It's a delightful little town. It's overrun with hippies. It has this real 60s vibe. It's it's really neat. If you want to go to a farmer's market and get some good heirloom tomatoes, Sebastopol is definitely the place you want to go. The The other flea market is out there, too. The one we go to in Santa Rosa is called the Mojo Sales Flea Market. The one over there is called the, uh, I think it's called Migley's, Migley's Flea Market. Everybody just calls it the Sebastopol Flea Market. But at any rate, Peter Coyote lives there. Tom Waits lives there, too. Tom Waits, the noted singer and actor lives over there i've said that like like a million times but um i i thought he was an interesting choice for the narrator of the program he has a great voice don't get me wrong he can definitely narrate a special but by but by having him on it you definitely get the feel that the program was aimed at not so much like bay area hip-hop fans it's not for the dudes in Oaktown that are getting hyphy and a ghost riding the whip at the at the sideshow. It is for the 50-year-old lady who gets the heirloom tomatoes at the Sevastopol flea market. But I get it, man. You're trying to teach people stuff and I I watched it, but I didn't I didn't learn anything I didn't know, which is which is fine. I I am not the biggest aficionado of Bay Rap. One thing one thing that I did learn during the show that I thought was uh, very interesting was they had 
They had a uh, DJ on named Big Vaughn. He's on one of the uh, hip-hop channels around here. And they they were talking to him, and he said that one of the major differences between Bay rap and East Coast rap is that in California, everybody drives. Everybody drives everywhere they go because things are frequently really far apart. California is spread far and wide, whereas the the dudes in New York doing the New York rap, they ride the trains, they ride the bus, they drive those... Uh, those Jamaica cabs or whatever, and while they're doing so, they're listening to their earphones, so an East Coast beat will, it'll have like a hard drum, like a boom, bap, boom, ba bap, bap, whereas a, whereas a Bay rap has more of a, more of a grooving kind of, you're driving like, like, the Bay rap would use a bass, like a like a bass guitar, and they would play kind of like kind of like a funky thing. Whereas the the East Coast rap will either have a drummer or more often a drum machine. I way prefer the East Coast rap because I I'm a headphones guy. I have been a headphones guy my whole life. I love having my big over the ear headphones when I'm when I'm out walking the dog and I'm out doing my do when I'm doing my stuff and the. The hard hitting, like the bass drum in the earphones, just sounds so much better than the than the kind of funky uh, bay bay bass lines. And I'd never I'd never really been able to like put my finger on the difference. I'd always I'd always said to me the difference between bay rap and the rap that I listen to is like bay rap is a lot about like players and pimps and hustlers and things like that. And I don't I'm not a player pimp hustler. I don't go for the uh, the hustler lines. I was always into the more the more like the positive approach of the, of a certain kind of East Coast rap, like a Tribe Called Quest, like a Jungle Brothers, like, like things like that. Hey, this is all fascinating or whatever, but dude, I don't think that the dudes who listen to the show really dig 90s rap the way you do. You don't think so? No, not really. At least not from the notes I get. You get notes? Yeah, I get notes all the time. Notes from who? From listeners. What do these notes say? They say that they don't like rap as much as you do. Do they really say that? Well, they imply it. You should talk about something else. Like what? I'll, what, do you, what do you think I should talk about? Like, I don't know, toys or something. Talk about which John Snow figure you bought that's a gripping tail. Yeah, okay, I can do that. Thanks for the notes. Okay, Emily out. Emily has been on the producer tip lately. I appreciate that, man. Sometimes I... Sometimes I tend to blather. I... I got uh, Johnny Snow, a.k.a. Jon Snow, a.k.a. the uh, King of the North, a.k.a. Arnanon, Targanaganon. I, I like Game of Thrones. I've seen every episode, but I've only ever seen them once. Remember back in the day, you'd see a show like 10,000 times each episode, and you knew every single thing about it. Nowadays, I'll see something once and then never again. There are the occasional one I see twice, but they are they're few and far between, but I, I do enjoy the show. That battle the other week was, that was dope, that was, uh, just bananas, a real fun, real fun hour and a half, the whole episode was a battle, it was like a movie length fight, a lot of fun, let's, let's see, we have this thing called the Grange, the Rinkin Valley Grange up there on the Earth base, it's not too far from where I live, it's like, it's like a lodge, I guess is what you would kind of consider, it's like, it's like a lodge building, it's neat, I've considered joining over the years, but I've never, I've never done it, but they were having a flea market, and the wife was like, why don't you ride your bike over there? You like to ride your bike? Go see what's going on at the Grange. And it's not the distance between here and the Grange. It's the matter of roads. They're they're like old-school country roads the entire way there. The, the direction you go, it becomes more and more rural as you move along. We kind of live like on the, like right on the outskirts of where the rural Rinkin Valley fields end. And I, I don't go that way on my bike, like not never, because the roads are thin and there are like trucks. So I'm just like, I don't go, I don't want to risk it. I'm not Johnny Knoxville. I don't put my neck on the line when I'm out there. I'm just trying to, trying to have fun. But the the idea of a flea market really, really caught my eye. The last time the Grange had a flea market, we got up on a couple uh, blow molds, Christmas blow molds for the yard for like 75 cents each. It was, it was dynamite. And, and they had snacks. I got a chili dog and it was great. One of the best days I've had in, in years. So I, I decided to risk my biscuit 
and go that way. I thought, why not? You know, you only live once. But I, I didn't take into consideration that it was also Rinkin Valley Little League Day. And the Little League Park is out that way. The traffic was bananas. I, I managed to make it, but it was hard. And it's all... It's all uphill. I honestly barely make it. And then when I got there, I I discovered the flea market wasn't as dope as the last one. It'd been going on since Thursday, which I didn't know. And I I was only able to find this one thing. And I honestly only bought it because I, you know, I put my neck on the line to get there. And I'm like, you gotta get something. You can't just, you can't risk your life and ride away with nothing. So I found a, uh, a Funko Jon Snow figure in the package. It was it was three dollars. I I had to get something. It's cool. He has long claw, his famous sword. I don't I don't really go for these overly detailed action figures. Let's let's open him up. Why don't we? What else are we doing? What else are we gonna do? Let's bust open Johnny Snow. I brought him down here with me because I wanted to I wanted to show Iceberg. He loves he loves some GOT. This may be, like, one of the only Funko things I myself have ever purchased. Let's see. Johnny Snow looks a lot like Johnny Snow, the dude that I know. Oh, he's all tied in here. I I don't want to deal with this. He's tied in three different locations. His feet and also around his torso. He looks pretty good. He has some articulation. Looks like his knees move and his elbows move and his head. I, I don't know if his waist pivots, but the sword's... The sword's a nice replica. I might... I might end up giving that to uh, Action Jackson, so he can add it to his combat weapon collection. But um, the the way back from the Grange, I decided I'll go this way toward Calistoga Road. Cause I forgot I'll go this way, and then I'll turn, and it's all downhill to my house. But what I didn't consider is I didn't really know where I was road wise, and I was so much higher up Calistoga Road than I thought. And Calistoga Road is crazy steep, and it had crazy traffic. There's no there's no sidewalk, but I'm just like, what are you going to do? You got to, you got to do it. I didn't want to go back the other way because it was just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. It was hot. It was hot out. So I, I had to bomb down this hill with one hand because I'm holding this Johnny Snow action figure in the other hand and the road is bumpy. There's rocks everywhere. Cars are whizzing past me. At one point I thought to myself, well, I guess this is how you die, but I made it. I got all the way down. I managed to survive, but I am not even kidding. There were moments where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I really, really, really don't. But I did, and I got this I got this Jon Snow action figure that I, I only kind of sort of want. I I don't know. You know, it's all it's all about the experience, I guess. And when you when you uh when you challenge death, you feel more alive. I guess. Don't go do that. I am not advising you. Let's, uh, let's move into, uh, at the movies! Get ready, you flushbag criminals. J5 is coming for you. And there is no way to hide from the robotic arm of justice. Starting this Earth's spring. On televisions everywhere. Johnny Court. The greatest court show that there has ever been. All other judges are obsolete. Join me movie star Johnny Five, this spring on your piece of garbage standard deaf hillbilly TV, as I bring justice to your holler, robot style. Johnny Court, coming everywhere, soon. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? My grandfather used to tell me stories all about this one soldier. As he got older, the stories got stranger. Some I believed, others I don't know. But it wasn't describing a man. Wallet, keys. It was more like something Mythic. Legendary. The man who killed Hitler. And then Bigfoot 2019. You didn't pull any swords from any stones, did you? But you might have done something. Something bigger, maybe. 
the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot is a movie that explores the toll that it takes on a man to have to kill another man. I I did not expect that out of this movie. The film star Sam Elliott. I should probably get that out of the way. But I, I did not expect this out of that movie. I... I expected like a grindhousey sort of sort of action movie with with like a lot of throwback to the day when you would see a young Sam Elliott taking on Hitler, knocking out Bigfoot or doing whatever, but the movie is like a slow introspective look at a man who while considered a hero by many regrets much of the things that he did in the past. I I don't want to misrepresent. He does not regret killing Hitler. He knows Hitler's an awful dude and he thinks it's fine, but what he regrets is killing any man. He he never wanted to be put into a position where he would where he'd have to get the blood on his hands. Who does? Only a maniac. This this movie, while very much different than what I expected, was really enjoyable by me. I thought it was I thought it was nice. I thought it was smart. I thought it moved along at a nice pace. There is the the throwback to the day when he was when he was a young man who killed Hitler. You you get to see him kill Hitler. I I thought that was kind of kind of cool. But um the the performance that Sam Elliott, who you might know from The Big Lebowski, you might know him from uh, Star Is Born, you might know him from like any number of things, Roadhouse. The the man is a legend of cinema, and in this, he puts on one of the best performances I've seen out of dude. He's he's having such a great act to his career right now with the stars born and this, while not as big on the on the performance tip, is of the same caliber. I would say he has he has like this world weary regret on him at all times, and you could really. You can really uh, feel it. We got this one on Blu-ray over at uh, good old Joe Video. We'd wanted to rent it for a while. I remember when it came out originally, but I didn't get a chance to catch it. It may have played in the city or Berkeley, but there was no chance it was going to play around Santa Rosa. And the the title of the film sort of like moved it to legendary status right off the bat. The man who killed Hitler and then killed Bigfoot is one of the... One of the greatest titles in the history of movie-dumb. It's awesome. When when you hear of that movie, you know that you have to see it. But I, I was like a lot of you who had heard about it. I didn't know where to see it. Now, now it's available just about anywhere. We got it at Joe Video, like I said. If you have a local video store around you, go look for this one there. But you can watch it on like, YouTube. They They offer you the chance to buy it if you... If you want to check it out. And I do feel like this one is worthy of checking out. It's it's a great performance out of Sam Elliott. It's a real interesting idea. The The movie delivers. There is a battle between him and Hitler. And there is a battle between him and Bigfoot. I don't want to... I don't want to project this idea that the movie's all, like, arty-farty and talky and stuff. There's a lot of talky. But at the end, the government sends him out there to hunt Bigfoot. Let me... Let me explain a bit about the plot. The movie starts off with Sam Elliott at home, in his hometown. He has his dog. He's he's in his uh, retirement age. He has his routines. Eats his breakfast, gets his hair cut, goes for a walk, and does stuff like that. It's nice. Very cool existence, and uh, the dude does deserve it after after killing Hitler. But then they show him kind of kind of looking back at these things in his life, and while he knows they were something that had to be done, he's sad that he's the one who had to do it. The The pain weighs on his soul. You see him talking to Larry Miller, who plays his barber. You get to see him talking to... Well, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a point where they, they come and they get him to recruit him to go back into action, because it turns out that Bigfoot is alive and real, and in the Canadian wilderness right now with some sort of a bacterial infection that's killing the livestock all around it. And they, they being the government, think that the bacteria is going to move on to mankind and start killing fools left and right. So Bigfoot has to be put down. And Sam Elliott is the only dude they think who has the kill, the skill set, the kill set, skill set to go out there and do it. And he, he realizes he has to and he fights this 
this regretful battle with Bigfoot. It's great. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Real good. Completely unexpected. It was not what I thought it would be. I saw something kind of like, kind of like a Robert Rodriguez Desperado kind of thing or something, something of that sort, like a machete, like a, like a tongue-in-cheek kind of action thing. And I, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a thought-provoking, thoughtful film. I thought it was, I thought it was neat. Go rent it now at your, uh, LVS. That's your local video store. Let's, let's just hop on over to the, uh, Tomates. And we'll see what they, what they have to say about it. The movie is at 73 with the critics and 51 with the peeps. I can definitely see why that is. I can imagine a lot of people are pulled in by the title expecting something to get something different and they, they don't like it. But I don't know, man. I go I go with the flow. It stars Sam Elliott. It stars Ron Livingston, Larry Miller, and Caitlin Fitzgerald is his love interest in it. The movie, the movie's only, uh, it's 98 minutes long. That's hardly, hardly anything. You know, just, just a drop in the bucket of your life. Perfect movie length to me. So, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm going to go ahead and give The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot a solid three, three mics. mics. Three mics. You're losing perspective and compassion. There's a reason. I'm sitting behind this desk running things. And you're out there with a partner that's 20 years younger than you. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Dragged across. Concrete. 2019. Dragged Across Concrete is the latest flick from Craig Zoller, who you might know from the Brawl and Cell Block 99, who you might also know from Bone Tomahawk. The movie stars, it stars Vince Vaughn as Mel Gibson as two, some would say racist, violent cops who, who get suspended for getting a bit rough with a suspect, so they decide to, they decide to rob some criminals and go for what's theirs. The... The movie is incredibly slow paced. It runs for like, it runs for like two hours and 40 minutes or so. I, I did enjoy the deliberate pace, but I, I felt like it moved slow at a few points, which is, it almost seems like that's what Zoller was going for. It's a real, real slow pace that allows for a lot of things to just kind of kind of burn slowly and go along to an eventual, eventual violent end. I'm a fan of Zoller's work. Brawl in Cell Block 99 was one of my favorite movies of the year that it came out. It's, it's an incredibly violent grindhouse prison movie, which is, which is just up my alley. I love a prison flick. And then Bone Tomahawk was an incredibly violent western, which is another thing I like. I like a western exploitation movie. I don't know. I... I don't necessarily enjoy violence in films, but when when the movie kind of has like that exploitation vibe to it, that grindhouse vibe to it, I I accept it as part of the product and don't mind it as much as when when it's kind of like slapdash thrown into other movies to kind of to kind of get a shock or to get a thrill. I I don't know there. There does feel like there's a difference in it. Uh, Dragon Cross Concrete has a lot of the, a lot of the Zoller players who you've seen in Brawl, like Don Johnson and such. Um, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn was in Brawl. If you like those other two, you'll definitely like this one, but it is, it is kind of for a niche genre audience, I think. The, the movie didn't play around here. It opened briefly in Berkeley, but we weren't we weren't able to go see it. And then it it went like immediately to I think it's Vudu, the the online site, and you could watch it there. But then it came out on Blu-ray within like a month or so after it came out, and they had it over at Joe Video. So when I saw it, I was excited. I grabbed it. I actually what happened was I knew that it was out so I went to grab it but I couldn't find it because somebody made a filing error and it was alphabetically not where it was supposed to be so I missed it and I I grabbed the man who killed uh, Hitler and then Bigfoot and when I got to the counter I was like hey you guys didn't get dragged across the concrete and he's like of course we got dragged across concrete let me go get it for you and he got it and at this point I had both and I wanted to see both so I was like eh 
I'll just get them both. They were three day rentals. I had, I had like a mini movie marathon at the house, which was which was kind of fun. It was overcast out, and I. I had a nice time watching both of these. Gibson, Mel Gibson, and Vince Vaughn are, they're pretty good as the, as the racist cops. There's, there's something provocative about casting Mel Gibson in the role of a, of a racist cop with his, with his known troubles. I, I decided to kind of overlook that. I felt like I'm gonna, I'm gonna separate the artist from the art and who better to, who better to play a racist pig than, uh, than Mel Gibson, I don't know, maybe you'd call it genius casting, I, I liked this movie, it could have been shorter, I don't know, overall, I thought it was what I, what I got in for, out of the three Zoller flicks so far, I, I feel like this may be the third, I would rate Brawl, Bone, Dragged, in, in order, I, I don't know. A lot of people out there think that uh, Zoller is going to be a big voice in the future. Some people seem as kind of a kind of a Tarantino type. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. But I do look forward to see what he he might get into when he gets into a uh, into like a you know a bigger a bigger flick. But I I've seen some of the deleted extra stuff in the movies he's put out, and he doesn't seem like he's in a hurry to move into the uh, into the the bigger. Bigger movies. I don't see Craig Zoller directing the next Marvel movie, but if he did, I'd see it. I guess I'd see it anyways. Tend to see all those, uh, all the Marvel movies. So on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine, Mike Meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give Dragged Across Concrete a solid three, three mics. Three mics. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, it is me, and we are back for what will be the final segment of the show, the one in which I talk about, I don't know, I talk about whatever. I Do you hear that reverb? I'm hearing some weird reverb in my earphones. Can you guys hear that? I, I don't know, that's weird. The cans, the cans are acting up on me. It's not the biggest deal in the world. It's like I can, I can sort of hear myself in my ear, and I realize, yeah, dummy, you can always hear yourself, but I... I can hear like an echo way in the distance of the uh, of the earphones. At any rate, we're gonna start off with uh, we got some text messages from people who uh, people who enjoy the show, people who like to hear me. That's so weird. I can, I can definitely hear myself. I wonder what that is. Emily, do you have any idea what that is? Yeah, don't worry about it. There have been some issues in the space-time continuum. Dude, that sounds like uh, a pretty, pretty big problem. Like, what kind of, what kind of space-time continuum issues? Time echoes and stuff. It's no big deal. Should clear up in a few. I don't know, man. That uh, that is, that sounds like something I, I should worry about. Are Are you sure? It's all good. Yeah, dude. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. Yeah. Okay. Emily out. Huh. That's uh. That doesn't sound good, man. I I don't know anything about the space-time continuum, but well, it does seem like those echoes have have uh, gone away. So maybe it wasn't a big deal. Who knows? I'm sure we'll never hear anything about that again. Uh, so we were about to take some. We're gonna take some text messages. I I got your voicemails, Gabe. But there's this is a, a message to patron Gabe. Gabe, there's there's something going on with the um, the audio system that we have for recording messages. Everything is coming out. It's coming out all garbled. I wonder, I wonder if that has anything to do with the space time issue. But uh, don't think I'm ignoring you, dude. It's just I don't I don't have the capabilities of getting to those messages right now. So if you want to reach out to us, do so on your phone. Do so via text. You can reach us at seven zero seven. 532 jams that is that's the easiest way to do it i get like a ticker tape like one of those like one of those stock deals so let's see what we got on the on the uh ticker today there 
there were a few. I I always look forward to doing these. It's interesting to see what people what people say. Here is the first one. This is from the uh, this is from the eight oh nine area code region, and it says, "Hey man, I can't find Johnny Court anywhere in my listings." I I don't know what to say about that. I have heard that the show is available in all of the major markets. At least that's what uh. That's what A.B. Silver says. He says, we are available in all of the local uh, major major markets. We are, we are available in all of, the, all of the major markets nationwide. That's my, that's my A.B. Silver imitation. It kind of it sounds a bit like Ray Liotta as well, but not, not a good Ray Liotta, just a, just a Ray Liotta. So, I don't know. Keep, keep looking, I guess. Maybe it's just not that they've... They've been picked up yet, but I, I understand that they're available in, uh, we get them here on channel 68, a, uh, local station, and, uh, I, I've seen a few, they, they seem alright, I'm just kidding, I haven't actually seen it, but I, I've seen it in the listings, let's, uh, let's go on to the next one, sorry, I wish I could be more help, go, go look online, maybe, that's what, that's what people say to me whenever I, I want to go and find something. Go Google that. Hit the Google. Hit the Googs. Hit the Bing. See what uh see what you can find out. Let's see. We got one here from our dude, Engineer Nerd, who we all know and love. You can find him here on uh, the tweets. That's at Engineer Nerd, spelled exactly like it sounds. You can find him on Action Figure Blues. They they recently recorded their 350th episode, so I gotta I gotta give a big up to that. That's that's an achievement and a half, man. A hundred's an achievement. So I guess, I guess that's three and a half achievements. Let's see what our dude said. He goes, top three sandwich condiments. That's, that's a good one. I will say I'm not like the biggest fan of mayonnaise. It's a bit, it's a bit too greasy for me. So these are, these are in no particular order. Just whatever. My, my favorite, I guess this, maybe this is in order. I like mustard, just like straight up yellow yellow mustard, I, I consider jelly to be a condiment, I consider the, uh, peanut butter to be a meat, so the, the jelly is a condiment, at one time we had this Italian, um, sandwich dressing that came, it came in like a squirt bottle, I don't know who made it, but I, I've wanted to have that back ever since we, ever since we got through it, that stuff was delightful, like I've said in the past, I love, I love, an Italian sub, so it's nice to, uh, it's nice to get that at home, I, I don't put a lot of condiments on my sandwiches, to be honest, I'm, I'm in the don't drown your food camp, I do put, like, a light level of, a uh, mustard, yellow mustard, sometimes I use, like, a spicy mustard, I, I definitely love a spicy mustard, when you go to the Chinese restaurant, and you get that yellow Chinese mustard, oh, it's so great, I love how when you, uh, when you eat too much, your, um, your sinuses get that weird, uh, like you're gonna sneeze, but you don't. That was, that was a good question. I, I do like a sandwich. I've been eating more sandwiches lately. I've been making them up there on the earth base. For a while, I got into bologna, like deli bologna, really big. But I, I've been buying these packs of Italian sandwich meat they sell at the Safeway. They're, they're like boar's head. Is that the brand, the Safeway Deli brand? But I, I've been making my little Italian sandwiches at home. I got a, like some bologna, some salami, some other kind of salami, and I kind of, I'll roll them up. I'm a, I'm a roller, like a meat roller, and I just put like a light layer of a uh, mustard on top of that, and then I, I cut it diagonally. I'm a diagonal cutter. I, I don't know why. I guess because I like to put the corner. I like to eat the corner piece first. I, I kind of go at it that way. I'm not the, I don't like. I don't go right in the middle. I like to nib the corners and uh, work my way in. Engineer Nerd, that was a good question, man. I appreciate that. Hope all is well with you. Let's, uh, let's see what's next. Oh, we got one here from Patron Gabe. It says, hey, ISR, this is Gabe. The last battle of Endgame was not exciting. Do you have a fever or something? I, I feel you, man. I did think the, we're talking about the Avengers Endgame, the final battle. It's not, it's not a spoiler to say there's going to be a battle at the end. That's, that's the way these things always are. But I, I don't know. I did like it. I thought it was cool. I definitely enjoyed the movie. But these, these big end battles are so cartoony. They just, they just don't do it for me. You know, I don't know what I want. But, uh, I, 
I guess the fact that you know there's going to be one at the end kind of kind of takes away from the interest in the battle, if you know what I mean. It's like, you know you're going to be there. You know it's going to happen. It's something you got to sit through. So it's sort of, it's sort of just like, it takes away from the experience for me. I wish that there was some other way for them to end these movies, but I guess in a lot of ways, it's always going to, it's always going to come down to that. But I, I did think the movie was great, Gabe. Don't, don't get me wrong. I loved it. I, I might go see it again. I haven't been to the cinema since then. I, I rented a couple DVDs from Joe Video, but I, I haven't been back to the cine and I, I do want to. Let's see. We got another one here. This is from good friend of the show, Stuntman Mike. Big up the Stuntman Mike. He's he's a Patreon, so I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. It says, hello, Mr. Icy Robots. I thought I'd take a moment to send you a few questions. First of all, I finally got caught up on the Patreon episodes, and they rock. I, I appreciate that. Did you... Were you able to get the RSS feed deal working? I hope so. We we do this thing on Patreon. We have a we have a bunch of other shows. Patreon is this way that you can help support the show with like with like a monthly subscription. You can give anything a dollar on up. It's all it's all good and you get you get a bunch of shows that we have over there. But up until now, you had to go to Patreon and you had to download them. They they just the other week started offering an RSS feed that you can enter into your podcast software, whichever one it may be, and the shows are right in there. It's great. It's like, it's like a game changer to me. So, were you able to use that, Stuntman Mike? Is that how, is that how you got the, uh, you got the shows? I hope so. Let's see. I'm pretty sure I even have that Spidey comic with the first appearance of Black Cat. I got it back in the day. That was, we did a, uh, audio handbook of the Marvel Universe on the Black Cat, and I talked about how I, how I had purchased the, uh, the comic. It's cool that you have it too, man. Do you have, do you have that black cat poster I was talking about? I, I want to get back up on that. If you want to find out more, you got to become a show patron. Go over to supportthereport.com. Anywho, on to my questions. Have you checked out the YouTube show Cobra Kai? If not, I highly recommend it. It's probably one of my favorite shows with each episode leaving me wanting more. Dude, I have. I love it. We just, we just finished season two. It is so great. I, I cannot say enough good things about Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is a YouTube show with the further adventures of Daniel San and Johnny Lawrence and a new a new group of Cobra Kai students and a new group of Miyagi Do students. It is so great. If you have any interest at all in the Karate Kid, I cannot recommend this highly enough. Man, that uh that brawl they had was bananas, right? And in this you get to see, well, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give anything away. I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying there's a brawl. Obviously, there's going to be some fights in Cobra Kai, but it is, it's so great, man. I I love this story of Johnny Lawrence trying to get redemption. It's really uh, just a good show. If you haven't watched it, go do it. I cannot recommend it enough. Will you be checking out the up-and-coming new Swamp Thing series from DC Universe? I don't know. I might. I did kind of like the Swamp Thing movie from back in the day with Adrian Barbo and stuff, but it might have been that I liked Adrian Barbo. I'm not sure. I I do like the Swamp Thing as a character. I plan on getting the DC Universe sometime over the summer when all the when all the good shows go dry. It'll be something to be able to uh, dip into and enjoy. I'm looking forward to the... I want to see the Doom Patrol. I think that looks really good. And I also want to see... Um, what was it? Teen Titans. I think that's going to be fun. I'm kind of kind of hoping the longer I wait, the more stuff that they'll get. Let's see. Last but not least, if you were to name three moments in time from your childhood that makes you smile, what would they be? Three? Three might be a bit much. I don't know if I got if I got time for... Uh, well, I, you know, I definitely got time, but I don't know if I have three off the top of my head. But I got one. I got one that's a good one. I was, I was just thinking about this the other day. This is a good story, man. This is, this is three in one. You're going to like this. So... Me and my bro were in the common area of this, um, like this townhouse deal that we were we were living in. It's just like, like a big grass area surrounded by bushes. And he, I'm, I'm five years older than he was. I'm thinking I was like, I maybe been like thirteen or so. He's like eight, seven or eight. And what I was doing was, I had him by one leg and one arm, and I was um 
kind of gently spinning in a circle, you know, so that he was like, he was being held out, he was in the air, he was getting spun, he kept going faster, faster, so I ended up going, like, really fast, and I was dipping him down, and then swinging him up, so he was, like, angled up, and then down, up, and then down, and I was going, I was going pretty fast by this point, when I when I stepped into a hole or like a small divot in the ground and I lost control of him and I I sent him flying, like I let go, I fell down and I let go and this was when he was on the upswing. So he took off, he flew, he flew through space like a ninja star. He was spinning like end over end. He looked like, uh, he looked like Puss in Boots in Shrek when he, <laughs> when he jumped and uh, he disappeared like, he flew so far. He landed in the bushes, and I fell down, and I I hurt myself. So I'm laying there on the ground, going, uh, uh, and I'm like, I'm calling his name out, and I'm not hearing anything. I'm like, no, he's dead. I've killed my brother. So I like, I've managed to get to my feet, and my leg is hurt. Right? I'm like, ah, uh, ah, uh, and I'm I'm dizzy too, right? Because we've been we've been spinning in a circle. So I'm like. I'm like spinning and kind of wobbling, trying to find him. I'm looking all over the place. I don't know where he went. Everything is so spinny. And I, I can't find him. I'm like, he's dead. He's dead in my head. I'm like, what am I going to tell mom? And I, I keep, I keep looking around and finally I hear like, I hear this moaning, this, uh, uh. So I, I crawl over and I see him laying in the bushes. Just like, he's like spread eagle and all like his arms are all twisted up and he's mangled and he's like, uh. Uh, uh. And he's like, I heard you said I was dead. Am I dead? And I'm like, no, you're not dead. And I, I picked him up and I scooped him in my arms and I carried him, I carried him off like, like bodyguard style. I'm like, let's go home. And I'm like carrying him and I'm dizzy. I think I, I probably ended up dropping him on the way. But what I, what I remember the most is him flying through the air like a ninja star. Just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what I, when I think about it now, oh, it's so funny. He could have died. I I guess it's funny because he didn't. Let me let me tell you one more. This was something else I, I thought about the other day that really that really made me laugh. I one time me and my bro were like we were like hanging around the neighborhood. We were latchkey kids. So we had like all day during the summer to do whatever we wanted. So we were like we were like going around and going in the bushes and doing whatever. And we found we found an old scuzzed out Playboy magazine. It was like moldy. It had been hidden in the bushes forever. It was to us at the time. It seemed, it seemed absolutely ancient. Like it seemed like an old, old, old one. It was probably, it was probably like a seventies one. It was like, it was so gross. The pages were like molded together and all of the good stuff had been ripped out. Like whoever threw it in the bushes took all the, all the pictorials and the centerfolds and all that stuff and just like, they threw this empty husk in the bushes, but we, we took it home and we had it and we, we looked through it a couple times and it was, it was boring. There were like articles about stereos, stuff that I would love now, probably like laser disc player reviews and stuff I'd really love now. But at the time I'm like, I want some sleaze. I don't want this. So we, we started thinking, what should we do with this husk of a Playboy magazine? And I, I came up with this idea. Why don't we lay it on the sidewalk? We'll lay it right out in the middle of the sidewalk and we'll spy and we'll see whoever takes it, right? We'll see them, and we'll know that they're a pervert, right? And my brother's like, yeah, let's do it. So we sat it out there. We ran out, we sat it down, then we ran back in the house. We started peeking out the window. Where we lived had like a busy, like a busy sidewalk in the front. People were always going by. It was a nice neighborhood for walking and stuff. So we're, we're like spying and waiting to see, waiting to see. And like, eventually we got bored of it and forgot about it. We came back a few hours later and it was, it was still sitting there. I don't know if nobody had walked by or if nobody had taken it or whatever. But as we're as we're looking, we see this this older gent in our neighborhood start to go by, and we're we're like have our like just our eyes, you know, it's like Rambo peeking out of the water. We're peeking over the over the window, and we see this guy pick up the magazine, and he like he looks around from side to side to see that nobody's looking, and he puts it inside of his uh inside of his jacket, like under his arm, so no one will. No one will see him have it. And then right as he starts to walk away, my brother popped up and yells, Pervert! <laughs> and, he, and he ducked down again. And the, the guy starts looking all over the place. And he let the magazine like fall out of his arm. Like, whoop! It fell back on the ground and he like skadoodled out. But uh, the moment when he jumped up and yelled, Pervert! Was like, ah! Oh. It was one of the funniest things in my life. I can't even, can't even imagine what this, what this poor guy felt. So there, 
there's two. I hope that's good enough. Those are those are some pretty funny stories. I I don't know. Thanks, Stuntman Mike. I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you being a patron. I appreciate you just I don't know. I appreciate you as a person. Let's uh let's see what else we got uh here. I guess uh I guess that's it for messages. We're still working on the Mego Fighting Championship over at icrobots.com. That's I S E E R O B. OTS, that is a fighting tournament between the toughest of all the Migos. So far, we've seen, like, we've seen, like, classic bouts like Andre the Giant versus Fonzie. We saw Spock versus Dr. Zayas. Andre the Giant also fought Spock. We've seen, we've seen Action Jackson versus Bruce Lee. We just had Bruce Lee versus Muhammad Ali. It was, it was amazing. Ali went over in that one, and I... I wanted to, like, explain my reasoning for that. I I feel like in a straight-up fight, I'm going to go Ali. Ali was a world-class professional fighter. He was a world boxing champion. He was an Olympic boxing champion. And as, as dope as Bruce Lee was, Bruce Lee was primarily a movie actor. He had a lot of great theories on martial arts, and he was an amazing athlete. But he... He just can't stand up to somebody who has all the practical experience of a Muhammad Ali. Plus, Ali probably had like 75 pounds on him. It's it's a size mismatch. I I do expect amazing things from Bruce Lee in the Migo Fighting Championship. So far, he's one and one. He destroyed Action Jackson, and he fell to Muhammad Ali. I, I have a fight planned for him in the future that should be, should be a good style matchup for our dude Bruce Lee. But check for the... Uh, the MFC, the Mego Fighting Championship, over at icrobots.com every week. I, while we're on the topics of Migos, I got, I got one. I'm gonna open him right here. I picked him up through a Facebook group, the Mego Ambassadors. That my guy, my guy, Engineer Nerd, hit me too. This is one that I wanted from the jump. It is Nosferatu. He is a beautiful, beautiful action figure. The the head sculpt of Max Shrek is amazing. The the jacket is fantastic. He looks great. I wonder I wonder if this guy is gonna enter the MFC. Let's let's pop him open. I wanna get my fingernail here around the around the card so I don't damage it. This is another one that I got from that purchase from my dude Chris Gallum of a... Uh, he has a video game store in Augusta, Georgia. He's like the number one Mego seller on the Mego Ambassadors. I I still need to get a hold of Homie and buy an Elvis. I want an Elvis as well. Let's, let's, uh, well, before we get like super deep into it, there is a new wave of Mego monsters coming out. And they, they look pretty cool to me, but they're, they're all kind of like re-sculpts. They're not re-sculpts, like re, remixes maybe of figures that already exist. There's a, there's a Dracula with a purple cape. He has a new head. And he has a little goatee. He looks very, very smarmy. And I I do kind of like him. There is a Frankenstein, a shirtless glow-in-the-dark Frankenstein with like, he has like scars where you can see he's been assembled. The the Dracula also glows in the dark. So that's neat. They're, they're releasing another werewolf. But this time, this time he's flocked. You know, where they, where they put a hair, like they glue a little hair on him. He looks, he looks pretty cool. There's a... Uh, there's going to be a Freddy too, but I don't, I don't know what the hook is on Freddy. I, I also think they're releasing a Gorn, a Gorn with like some glow in the dark attachments. They're also releasing some Star Trek ones. These guys, these guys come with tribbles. I, I just want some new sculpts. I, I am not going to in any way complain about Mego and what they're doing because they're just out of sight as far as I'm concerned. Dr. Mego, Rachel Baker, who makes the clothes. She also signed this card of the Nosferatu, like, she signed the card of the, of the Frank that I opened the other week, this guy, this Nosferatu, you can hear me rustling around with him, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bring him out, he is amazing, he, he's just hideous, his head is hideous, so, so grotesque, he has, like, he has, like, talons, his fingers are, like, talons, so gross, I, I love him, the buttons on the front of his jacket are great, he has a nice little scarf, let's open up the jacket, it's Velcro, He's wearing like a black shirt, black tight shirt, black pants. He has he has some loafers. He has some loafers on. The thing about him that makes him great is this head sculpt. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Just a just a terrific figure. Migo Migo knocked it out of the park with this uh glow in the dark. Glow in the dark uh, Frankenstein I got last week and this 
This one is just amazing. He's so scary. I'm going to put him out in, in my Halloween decorations for sure. I look for any chance to get a to get action figures into the living room. Before we get out of here, we have one more order of business. I saved the most important order for the last. We we picked up a new show patron this week. He is a he's a Twitter mutual of mine, a guy that goes by the name of the Necrotic Doctor. You can find him on the tweets. His his handle is a uh, Necrotic Doctor. That's N E C R O T I C Doctor. The whole world word uh, spelled out, not not a D R Necrotic Doctor. He He's a collector of Transformers and all sorts, all sorts of neat things. My dude, I appreciate you joining us on the good side, becoming a show patron. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you spreading the word. I appreciate you as a person. I, I don't know, man. It means so much to me when I get a new Patreon. It really, it really warms my heart to feel like we're out here, down here, touching, touching somebody in a way that makes them, makes them want to like, Open up their wallet and give. It's just, it makes me feel good. Necrotic Doctor, thank you for giving me that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. Go follow him on the tweets at Necrotic Doctor. It is, it is well worth it. I, I think we're running up on it though. I think we're running out of time. We gotta, we gotta get out of here. We'll be back next week. Next week we're gonna talk some flea market. It's the start of the flea market season here. We went to the 40 and 8. That was fun. I'll talk about talk about what I got. I'm sure I'll talk about some movies I saw. All sorts, all sorts of fun stuff. So until then, if you don't know, now you know. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Everybody love everybody! Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL Sacramento Stockton, California. Pervert! <laughs>